This is how to create a glitch in the matrix part 3, the telescopic world. The conclusion. Chapter 4. In this chapter, I will be writing about what follows from the escape from an experience channel, a concept I call cannibalization which follows from appropriation. Appropriation is the concept that describes the manner by which impulses that are not expressed, are passed on to some other within the system, who is more likely to express them. Which is to say, that the dualistic system is zero-sum. For everyone who gains love, there is someone who has lost it. And in the loss of love, there is suffering, which is experienced as the appropriation of the impulse or passion to the successful suitor. Thus, the parsimonious path generates accumulation of passion or emotion through the path of emotional continuity. Those who are blinded to the nonlinearity of experience are the most likely to benefit from it. The cannibalization process is the system's response to someone who is repeatedly rejecting an affirmatory narrative, or escaping an experience channel for the expression of an impulse pursuant to an affirmatory narrative. Individuals are returned to a state of nakedness by their rejection of affirmation. Their impulses are stripped bare, leaving them beyond the path of parsimony and its ordinary path of emotional continuity. I talk a lot about appropriation and cannibalization within the podcast monologues and in the complete series and exegesis of synthesis. It is the manner by which an individual is relegated to path convolution, a continuity of experience which reveals the nonlinearity of experience through the jumping of an individual from one dissonant consensuality to another. This discontinuity in experience manifests as the bifurcation of experience between themselves and those who they interact with. Individuals who see them every day, may remember things differently than the individual involved. However, cannibalization is a mere reflection of the cycles of egotism. As an individual begins in a state of grace, of nakedness, free of the entangling of their self within an intersubjective space, free of impulse, of affectation, they are met by their brother or sister without blame. But as they become intermingled through affirmational narratives with those around them, they stretch out so to speak, becoming akin to a wave, one with the experience of their neighbor one through the union of consciousness in the act of substitution or body switching. But, what follows from the emotional continuity created by parsimony is the natural arc of someone falling in and out of love. And in this arc, there is appropriation and loss. One's response to appropriation and loss is often the rejection or denial of one's circumstances, a return to a more convoluted pathway through the intersubjective space. But, it is a person's unwillingness to remain open to new experiences, a rejection of affirmation, which produces the gradual erosion of their ability to participate through the state of integration. That is to say, depending upon a person's ultimate objectives in this life, the pathway of parsimony may be the ideal pathway for them, a pathway in which they remain blinded to the true phenomenon guiding their experiences, through nonlinearity. But even so, remaining within the pathway of parsimony doesn't fully inoculate them from loss and appropriation. But holding to that loss, allowing it to reorient one's reaction to the affirmatory narratives of the system can have a more serious impact on their trajectory through life. Chapter 5. Returning to our discussion of the telescopic effect means recognizing that there are larger implications of the effect as a whole and the reversal of the feedback loop between the general and the particular. First of all, if one can reorient the feedback loop created by the natural progression of the bodily rhythms in the state of integration, one can reverse the natural progression of causality from local to global. Which is to say, that the philosophy of glitching, the occasion of pattern breaking, the elimination of the natural conditioning of the celestial rhythms, reveals a world in which the common person is supreme. The methods described in these books and podcasts describes the ultimate power of the individual to impact global events, both for the good of mankind as a whole and to its detriment. Let me explain. If we recognize that our worldview determines our lateral alters, which is to say, that if it is diametrically opposed to our countrymen, then we will see that the feedback loop will reflect an orientation to our objects of consciousness which is reflective of the orientation of global actors who oppose the narratives of our people. That is to say, 
our willingness to accomplish the duties of our role in society, will manifest as order within the life of the global actor who is acting antithetically to our interests. Likewise, if we act pursuant to the duties of our position, whilst we maintain a worldview which is consistent with our countrymen, then we are accruing order within the objects of consciousness of the global actor. All of this is to say, that the telescopic effect reveals the foundational power of one's duty to influence events. The order which is made manifest by the accomplishment of one's duties, will accrue one way or another, against or for one's interests. Thus, in the telescopic world, the highest good is acting pursuant to one's duties, but only in recognition that one's worldview determines to whom that benefit accrues. This is to say that one must first formulate one's beliefs and worldview according to the benefit of one's interests, before one can successfully accrue a benefit through one's duties. In other words, it isn't enough to merely do what you are meant to do, what is required is that you believe that you are doing the right thing in the first place, further to your own interests. Thus, the health of any country, the health of any people, is defined not just by the willingness of the common person to accede to his or her duties, but their conviction as to the absolute rightness of them. The ability of an individual to reverse the natural causality from local to global, means also that if an individual were to act pursuant to their duties to their objects of consciousness, in the manner by which they live their life, while maintaining a worldview consistent with their interests, with conviction, they can accrue a benefit to the orderly effectuation of global events. In other words, the common person can influence global actors to their own benefit through their willingness to submit themselves to their duties, act with conviction, and reverse the ordinary conditioning of the bodily rhythms through the state of integration. A combination of these three qualities or steps represents the surest way to ensure the progress of the world as a whole in a positive direction. That being said, the reverse is also true. If one acts according to their duties without conviction, with a dialectical worldview, one is facilitating the aims and actions of actors against interest. Thus, the telescopic effect can ultimately be used to effectuate either a destructive or constructive approach to one's world. Both reflections of the telescopic effect highlight the ultimate significance of the individual in the manner by which global events progress. Chapter 6. All of the above being said, one's perception of the nonlinearity of experience does not necessarily make one happy. Ultimately, one's choices in life come down to how one wishes to live. If one desires to effect change on a global scale, it is helpful to be aware of the architecture of reality and the nonlinearity of reality. But, if one wishes to achieve some happiness in life, it requires that one concede that one's choices are ultimately made within the confines of an intersubjective space, through the entangling of the self in nine dialogues, nine worlds, within every social exchange. The continuity of emotional experience produces path parsimony, which likewise is shaped by nonlinear phenomena such as body switching and substitution, but one's ability to perceive those effects is limited by one's self-awareness in the moment. In either case, one will fall prey to the cycles of life for every period of gain is followed by a period of loss, and that loss is the appropriation of one's identity, the cannibalization of one's impulses. In effect, either choice, within path parsimony or to reorient the telescopic effect toward the effectuation of one's objectives, requires rebirth. For as one becomes entangled in the state of integration, one falls prey to darker impulses driven by loss. That is to say, that falling into path convolution can either be a blessing or a loss, depending upon one's perspective. If one wishes to be happy, then one can only meet the affirmatory narratives of others with acceptance. But if one wishes to change the world, those affirmatory narratives are a pathway away from the perception of nonlinearity, which permits the reversal of the direction of causation from local to global. In effect, the cycles of life present one with a constant choice, not between dialectical opposites, but between expression and negation. There are ways to curtail expression, ways to obviate it, but the choice is always present. Falling into an experience channel created by others is merely one way to live one's life, within the confines of an intersubjective self.
perception of nonlinearity requires a different approach to life, founded in the rejection of expression and the reversal of the natural conditioning of the celestial rhythms. Essentially what I am saying is, the supreme power of the common person to influence events is delimited by their willingness to reject their natural conditioning, the state of integration, and find creative ways out of the cycles of expression. But, ultimately, there are different forms of success in life. One's ability to influence events on a global scale is not the only way to achieve some recognition and success in life. Merely by acting with conviction in accordance with one's duties to one's objects of consciousness, one achieves a local recognition which is founded upon the telescopic effect. Nevertheless, since the rejection of an affirmatory narrative does not occur within a vacuum, the system will attempt to ascribe a symbolic orientation to one's action pursuant to a worldview which is contrary to one's interests if one rejects the natural progression of global to local. Thus, it is important to recognize that the system reacts to reorient one to one's enemy's worldview, while creating chaos in your life, over time, if you do not integrate yourself in the nine dialogues. This means that no matter what choice you make, either to affirm or negate, your actions will always accrue to the benefit of your countrymen, either as a vessel of chaos or a vessel of order. It is only in the maintenance of a particular worldview consciously through concerted effort that one can obviate this effect. Thus, again it is necessary to return to the dichotomy expressed in the opening paragraphs of this chapter. What do you ultimately want to achieve in life? If you wish to expand your consciousness and achieve a comprehension of the nonlinearity of experience, one must develop one's ability to perceive beyond mere parsimony. But, if wishes to remain happy, one need only pursue one's feelings, accede to the narratives of affirmation of the system. If one wishes to effect some change on a global scale, one must act with conviction further to one's duty. Chapter 7. The action of the system to appropriate the physical territoriality of a social actor, through cannibalization, represents the reorientation of the actor's thoughts toward his or her corporeal form. This is to say that the dialogues of the nine plates are essentially reductive in nature. They reduce everyone to the same belief system, that being the one which is consensus. Thus, engaging in those nine dialogues has the effect of rationalizing away all nonlinear, non-dual experiences according to a reductionist narrative. In other words, the action of the system is first and foremost to eliminate the physical territoriality of the actor, but an added benefit of this is the reduction of an individual to a materialist conception of reality. As one loses access to non-duality, to the non-linear, one loses access to sources of spatial territoriality which might otherwise not be available due to dualism. In other words, in plainer language, the source of the masculine in a dualistic conception of reality is the feminine and vice versa. But the non-dual grants one access to a higher form of spatial territoriality free of the contingency of a dualistic conception of reality. In other words, although the effect of this process of cannibalization is the elimination of the territoriality of the actor, the cause of it is the natural dualistic conception of reality, an inertia or erosion created by the materialistic conception of nature. This erosion undermines the ability of the actor to access non-duality or non-linearity except through a methodology of sublimation and the other techniques I write about in these books and the podcasts. Now, beyond duality is non-linearity. Beyond linearity is non-duality. This basic axiom reveals that methods designed to permit one to see beyond linearity permit one to see beyond duality and vice versa. But, in non-duality all is meaningless, because within the parsimonious path, continuity of emotional expression is the highest good. Within the framework of the system, this means that parsimony prefers an existence defined reflexively by emotionality. Path convolution thus follows from continuity of action, as opposed to emotion. This means that it is possible to experience nonlinearity divorced from non-duality. Therefore, methods designed to assist one to see beyond duality can be of assistance in seeing beyond linearity, but within the framework of path convolution there need not necessarily be a link to non-duality. 
From this we can see that the top-down feedback loop of the telescopic effect arises out of the imposition of duality on social actors. Escaping from integration is as much about seeing beyond duality as it is in witnessing nonlinearity. The internal narratives generated as a result of a resistance to the affirmational narrative of the nine dialogues or conjoined consensuality are higher narratives, defined by their non-duality, predicated upon the rejection of a binary form of expression. This follows from the fact that since any impulse, is compelled into expression by the affirmational narratives of the system, all impulses become binary choices between expression and rejection, where rejection is met by a cyclical experience channel demanding expression. The enmeshing of one in a social network ensures the creation of a cyclical experience channel founded upon appropriation, displacement and substitution. One's consensuality preserves the subjective space which permits inhibition. Thus, in the collapse of one's consensuality, the natural barrier between the self and the other is weakened, resulting in the other perceiving one's impulses, which results in the animation of the other to effectuate those impulses. Since every thought has substance, the facilitation of those impulses by the other is a natural consequence of their entering the intersubjective space. Conclusions The occurrence of knowledge of nonlinearity, or non-duality, represents a kind of esoteric knowledge, arising out of the esoteric plate, as explored in the complete series. This is to say, that in the rejection of an affirmatory narrative, in the awareness of the nonlinearity which follows, created when one's anticipatory expectations precede one's subjective experiences of the same event, in the retrocausal-slash-temporal event, there is a window into the experience of nonlinear time, and higher-level causation. This means that in the reversal of the ordinarily top-down feedback loop from general to local, one is gaining access to esoteric narratives. These narratives don't just influence the self through which they pass, they represent an influence on global events as a whole through the reversal of the telescopic effect. They also represent the supremacy of the individual, the elevation of the common person, through the incursion of higher-order meaning within their life. This meaning infuses, through their intersections with others, according to the nine dialogues, the actions of those whom they encounter. This meaning represents deeper patterns of human behavior, patterns which are top-up as opposed to top-down, incorporating archetypal figures, supernatural experiences, and other occult-like phenomenon, through the elimination of the materialistic conditioning of reality. That's the end of the podcast for today. If you enjoyed it, please like, comment and subscribe.